He loves you very much, and he's a way maker. I'm thankful for him tonight. I'm thankful for the church. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. And I'm thankful for my brother preaching tonight, Brother Sean. I started to say Sean, Brother Shannon. Uh, I love Sean too, but but uh, I don't really know him, but I know this one. And uh, so, Brother Shannon, come on and preach to us tonight. Give him a hand as he comes tonight. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord. My mom and dad have done the same thing many times. It's all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am uh, I'm glad to be here. Always glad to be in the house of God. I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for salvation for my family. Thankful for my church family. And I am deliberately using the word family because that is what we are. Amen. It's good to see everyone. Everyone's just smiling and having a good hair day. We're applicable, you know. I tell you, good hair days are just a blessing from the Lord. Let's all admit it right now. Let's, and that's not vanity, that's gratitude. There's a difference. So, so I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this church. I'm thankful for, uh, for God bringing us here. I'm thankful for all the, 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 the pathways that God just, just leads, us, leads us through. And, uh, and to get to where we are. They say it's, it's the journey and not the destination. Sometimes it's a little bit, little bit of both. But, uh, but I am glad. Uh, I'm thankful for my pastor, for his wife, the, the, the influence they've had on me and on my family. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, but when we came here, you know, we had some needs in our, in our lives. And, um, and, and, I, and I needed God to show me if if how we're going to have these needs met we'll say it that way and and I had this vision of of and I've said this you've probably heard the story before I had this vision of sister sister Annabeth teaching a, a class and she was at Bible college at the time when we were at sauce house sauce house is God's will by the way if you want to know God's will it's sauce house and she said yeah when Annabeth gets back she's going to be doing this class with such and talking about such and such, and I just kind of jolted for a sec. She asked me a few weeks later, were you okay that day? I said, God, just fulfilled a prophecy, you know, kind of thing. And so, uh, but uh, also I'm, I'm certainly thankful for, I'm thankful for the friendship that I've had with them. You know, we, we go back before birth. <laughs> we, are, we are pre-birth friends, you know. We, we had, we pretty much had no choice the way, you know, our, our families go back and uh, I could I could go on so uh, for 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 forever about that about our family brother uh, Pastor Ed and all that they've been to me and my family and others here, others here that have been sunshine when I needed it. And I'm thankful for that. So let's turn in the Word of the Lord to the Book of John, chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus was about to leave the disciples, and he had some things that he had to leave with them. He had some instructions. We, we heard that song on the way to church tonight, the commission by a group called Cain. Goodbye is, is not the end. And I can imagine Jesus giving all these instructions to his disciples, how they were saddened in some ways, but he was giving words of comfort to him. 
And this verse stands out in a very unique way. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And, what? Greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to my Father. Pastor, would you pray for us tonight? Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord one more time. Can we do that before we sit down? Can we lift our voices one more time and let the Lord know all over again how much we love and appreciate all that He's done in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated. Greater works is what I want, is a, what I would like to speak about tonight. Greater works. And I'm going to be honest with you right off the bat. For a very long time, this is one scripture that I did not get. This is one scripture that I'm going to have to be honest with you, church, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now, I'll also say that we need to understand that the greatest work that was ever done was done by Jesus, and it was done at Calvary when he hung his head and said, it is finished, because that was the act, that was the work that brought all men unto him. So no matter what we do, what we're involved in, we know that we can never outdo our Savior because he performed the greatest work at Calvary. But I remember hearing this scripture, and I remember being confused because it just didn't make sense to my mind. Jesus said, greater works shall you do than this. You see, us being involved in the work of the Lord is, uh, is a lot like an electrician. We do the work, and God supplies the power. The power cannot get to where it needs to go without the electrician. He still has to have the skill. He still has to have the know-how. He still has to develop. He still has to listen to other people. He still has to listen to other people. And he still has to be trained. And he still has to put in the work and the labor. But we understand that the power does not come from him. So the work that we do is necessary, but all glory and all power belongs to one, and that is our Lord. But what could possibly be greater than all the miracles Jesus did? Jesus had power over the physical. Anything, every single type of, of physical ailment that was known at the time, Jesus healed it. There were people who opened and were able to see for the first time. One man described what he saw as, said it was like trees walking around. And he didn't, he could not comprehend even what seeing was. And Jesus expanded his seeing to, to understand what it was he was looking at. People who were never able to speak. People who could never form words. I got to imagine that that's kind of like, what it must be like to speak in tongues for the first time, having never spoke at all, these people began to convey thoughts to other people in a way that they never had because Jesus had power over the physical and over the mind. Deaf ears, unstopped. I can't imagine what it would be like to not know what hearing is. And there are people, there, are, there have been documentaries about people who did not have a particular sense, whether it was taste or sight or hearing. And when they got that sense, 
They didn't know what to do with it. And Jesus said, we're going to do something better than that. He had power over nature. Now, the only documented, I should say, time that I know of, not that it hasn't ever happened, but the only time I have ever witnessed God's people having power over nature, and my understanding that this is a verified event, not just a, a you know, an edited kind of thing, but there was a video of a church that stepped outside, and there was a tornado forming overhead. This was, I believe, a South American country, and they were praying. They were speaking in tongues, asking God's mercy, and that thing got about halfway down and just sucked right back up into the sky. But Jesus already covered that. Jesus already did that. Jesus stepped off a boat and walked on water. What more power could we possibly have over the elements? He had power over matter. He caused matter to rearrange when he broke off pieces of bread and began to spread it throughout the entire congregation and it multiplied and multiplied until everyone was finished. And Jesus told the disciples, you're going to outdo that. Growing up, I never got it. I never understood it. It made no sense. What, what am I going to do? Am, am I going to just, am I going to walk on water? Am I going to live underwater? What what is it that I could do that Jesus himself said is going to be a greater work? I believe the answer comes in one place at least in the book of Acts chapter 8 where the Holy Ghost was poured out. Now, the book of the, the chapter 8 in the book of Acts is, is very unique. It offers a lot of insight to a lot of things. Now, some say that the that believing on Jesus and accepting Him as your Savior, which we do believe in doing, I, I, we get accused of disagreeing. No, we don't disagree, but we believe that there is more than accepting the Lord as your Savior. But a lot of people believe that just doing that means that you are automatically filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to read the Scripture because it gives us some insight. Otherwise, Acts 8, and it's a little bit of a lengthy read, but I want to set the stage here for what was happening. 8, chapter 8, verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles, the works, which he did. Now, we know the power didn't come from him, but the Bible still says he did those things. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed, and there was great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time, the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria. Now that word for bewitched at other times and in other translations is translated to astounded. But in this context, the translators use the word bewitched because he astounded them for the purposes of evil. Now, we're not talking about going all Harry Potter on people and casting a spell and making them do things that they shouldn't. No, that's, that's not what that was. That's, 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 that's a bunch of Hollywood stuff. What he did was head tricks. He knew how to get into people's minds. He knew how to make them think he was able to do something. He bewitched the people, giving out or claiming that himself was some great one. 
You can even note a bit of sarcasm in that statement because he was not a great one. We can use the word fake, but it would be more accurate to say deception. He was a deceiver to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, And the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. You see, they believed, however. And when he was baptized, continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He was amazed, further indicating that he wasn't what he said. Because if he saw, if he was able to do miraculous things himself, then seeing the things that Philip did would not be so amazing to him. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Believing does not automatically infill someone with the Holy Ghost. That's a whole lesson in itself, but I love the way that the Bible is clear about this. Only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw, through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may may also receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said to him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me. He repented further that none of these things which you have spoken happen to me. Simon the sorcerer, a man who knew all the head tricks, a man who understood how to get in someone's mind, a man who understood how to make them feel a little twinge of something when there was nothing really there, a man who knew how to get the placebo effect going, if you will, a man who knew how to deceive people into thinking, and we still got a lot of those today, unfortunately, but a man who knew all these things. He saw the miracles. He saw people being raised up who could not walk. He saw deaf ears unstopped, and the Bible says he was amazed. But when he saw this, when he saw that by the laying on of hands, people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's when he said, you guys can take care of all that other stuff because I want to do that. And something, something clicked in his mind, and he realized something that came to me a long time ago. Is that better than any blind eye being opened? Better than anybody even being raised from the dead? Better than any miracle happening is a soul coming to the Lord and being born again and washed of their sins? There is absolutely nothing greater, nothing more powerful, nothing 
And it, 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 made, it made perfect sense because when you think about it, and this is not an indictment on anything that we believe or anything to, to minimize miracles and things that we want, we, we expect. I want to hear the report in the morning that Sister Lexi is walking and jumping around and hopping and doing her cartwheels like she normally is. This is not to diminish any of that. But I think she'll tell you if it's a choice between that and another one of her friends coming to the Lord, she'll say, I'm bringing my friend to the house of God because I want to see somebody saved. Because that is greater than anything that could possibly, possibly, possibly happen to us. Jesus, for some reason, in, in, all, his, in all his wisdom, he decided for that. In fact, Jesus didn't even baptize anyone. I'd rather get in the water with somebody than walk on water. I'll be honest with you right now. <laughs> Jesus reserved the salvation of a soul, that work for his people, for you, for me, for lives to be changed. He left the party before it really got started. <laughs> he was gone, and he said, I'm going to leave this for you to do. And when you do that, when you perform that miracle, when you are involved in that work, that's going to blow your mind more than anything else you have ever witnessed me doing. And that's not just limited to one thing. Now, I, I, I don't, to one ministry I should say, I don't want to make this about me or anything like that, but i got to be honest with you, I've still got to testify I've still got to tell you how awesome it is to be involved in the life-changing power of Jesus. I've still got to let you know where that, where that came from. I shared this story a little bit a, long, uh, a while back, but a long time ago in my teenage years at camp, and I've always gone to that. We got camps, and we got, if, 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 you're, if you're not, if you don't have anything to do, just wait till camp season. Go to camp and watch these kids get a hold of Jesus. And, and I was a camp kid. I'd still be around there if, if my body could handle it that day they have all kinds of weird sleeping hours and that's just i'm not sure that part's god's will the rest of it is 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 great but the sleep schedule they need to they need to be in prayer about that and but i was always involved i've always been a worshiper i'm i'm, I'm not that's not a brag that's just that's just who we are not me above that's who that's what we do and and i knew that i had a call into ministry I knew that there was something that God wanted me to do. I knew He had a work for me. This was before I ever uh, got the, the handle shouting Shannon or began to work in children's ministry as I eventually did. Well, Brother Copeland from Buford, Georgia was the preacher there that year, which was a little strange because you know everybody knows it has to be somebody out of state or it doesn't quite count as much, but you know. But that turned out to be very untrue because that man shared something with me that year that changed me forever. We were praying with a young lady. She was about 15 at the time. Her name is Hope, friend of mine to this day. And she was praying to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know how it happens sometimes. People tarry with them and we pray with them. But sometimes things move on. Service was over and most people had left, but some of us were still praying for her to receive the Holy Ghost because Hope did not want to leave the service that night without receiving the Holy Ghost. And we were saying, 
everything we're supposed to say. We were telling her to hold on, and then we, of course, told them to, to let go, and then we said, well, just do what you want to do, and then, you know, that's it. That's almost it, this, and we're just trying to guide somebody. You know how we do it when the excitement is in the air and you want to see that happen, and that's almost it, and then she, well, no, she, she started talking in English. Sometimes you just want to jumpstart a little bit and say, okay, just, just want to thump it, but don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't thump their mouth. That's, that's, not, that's not cool, man. So, we were praying with her, and Brother Copeland came over, and he did not try to intrude, but we said, would you pray with hope to receive the Holy Ghost? And then it happened. He just looked at her, and he just said, do you believe you're going to receive the Holy Ghost right now? Yes, I do. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Yes, I do. Do you believe it? Then God's going to fill you with it right now. Right now, he's going to. Do you believe? Yes, I believe Right now in the name. And he put his hand on her. And 30 seconds at most, hope was speaking in tongues and glorifying God as he came to live inside. And pastor, that changed me. Something got a hold of me. This isn't about me, church, but I will never apologize for working in the kingdom. I will never back down from being used of God. It is not about me. But I went to him afterwards and I said, tell me. Tell me how. Tell me how. Because in my heart, I didn't know exactly what it was I want to do. And I said, God, I don't know what you have for me to do. I don't know exactly what your plan is for me. But I do know that I want to do that right there. I do know that I want to pray with someone and they receive the Holy Ghost. I want that kind of anointing. God, give me the words to say. God, give me that kind of power. God, use me in that way. And he said, brother, you just ask God for it. He said, you just give him a word of faith and you just pray for him. You pray for God. No secrets here. I wanted to do it. I told God I wanted to do it. And guess what? It happened. That's how it works. It's, there's no secret. It's that simple. I wanted to do a greater work. And that's not the only way that we perform a greater work. You see, years ago, Sister Annabeth brought a friend of hers to church over and, and over again. And that young lady still here to this day. She's not walking quite as fast as she usually does, but that's all right. God's going to heal that war wound. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, milk it for all it's worth. Make him do Everything. That's right. That's more of God's will right there. That's Jesus right there. But she was brought to church over and over again. And I know we all, all know that the example that our, our dear pastor's daughter is, example of kindness and godliness and talent and most of all of a heart to see somebody else go to heaven. And she brought her over and over again, and there she sits. And you know what she did not long ago? She had a friend, too, that what did she do? Brought her over and over and over again. Now, to my knowledge, I don't think Sister Lexi ever preached a sermon to, to Sister Jordan. To my knowledge. That never happened. But what did she do? She still did a greater work. Why? Because she did what she could do to get a young lady to the house of God and watch God change her life. And that is greater than any miracle you could ever perform. That's greater than laying hands on the sick and they're recovering. That is the greater work that Jesus wants every single person in this place involved with. You, you want to you quit being kept up at night? 
unsure what it is God's doing to you? What is it that God is changing in me? What is it that God is saying to me? Why can't I sleep the way that I used to? Why do I feel a sense of discontentment? And I don't mean the kind that makes you want to walk away and some and and do something else, but the kind that wants to makes you wants makes you want to do something more. That says there's just something something isn't right. It, it, what what am I missing here, God? I'll tell you, it's a greater work. It's doing a greater work for the kingdom. You don't have to be the one that lays hands on them. You don't have to be the one that preaches a sermon to them. But whatever it is you got to do to get them to an altar of repentance, you do it and watch God change their lives. I'll never forget. I, I, I'll, say, I'll tell you the story again. I'll never forget the first time children received the Holy Ghost in our children's church back at Faith Tabernacle. And I'm going to be honest with you also. Dr. Patterson, my former pastor, my father in the Lord, he, he said, we're going to have kids getting the Holy Ghost back in, back in we, we, we called it Power Hour also. We're going to have kids getting the Holy Ghost back there. And I said amen with them, but I'd, I'll be honest, I'd, I didn't really believe it because as we all knew at the time, this was the 90s and kids only get the Holy Ghost at camp camps and special services and children's revivals and things like that. Maybe every once in a while one of them might, but God wanted to change that in my mind. God wanted to show me that a greater work isn't limited to twice a year. And so we had our altar call that night. We didn't have any music, and that's, that's not a criticism on it. We need that. But we didn't, ha- we didn't get to have that. In fact, half the altar call, I was praying for kids like this. How to sit, sit down. Get him. Get him. Sit. Come on. That's it. Just lift your hands. You're doing Time out right now. That's it. Hallelujah. That's, those were altar calls back in the day. <laughs> those, those were our kinds of altar calls. Still going to have altar calls, altar calls like that when our room gets full of 50 kids in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we're praying for him. And what happens, of course, pastor's granddaughter, Jesse, first person filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, go tell an usher. Now, I'm thinking that he's just going to, you know, hand a note in. And at the end of service, they're going to let everybody know that, that this has happened, that this is going on. But what does the usher do? He takes that note, and he walks right up in the middle of the sermon, plops it right down in front of Dr. Patterson, and he picks it up. And Jesse just got the Holy Ghost. And he did not finish preaching that night. Because it was, because at that point, Sister Patterson, she lost her mind. You know, she turned on the siren. Woo, woo, woo. And just, you know. And before the night was over with, we had six precious little ones filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And church, I have never looked back. I've never wanted to quit doing this. I know that things changed. When I came here, things were changing. Things are still changing in my life. But there is nothing that I would rather do. I I burn out. (laughs) You want to avoid burnout? Put your fire on someone else and let God do a work in their life. Make it about somebody else. Make it about somebody else's soul. Let your fire burn somewhere else and you will not burn out. Whatever that greater work is, However you do it, whether it's preaching, I, I, have, I have such respect for people who work long term. You know, evangelists, we're, we're kind of like strong coffee. You know, it's just 
One cup. Wow, this has quite a kick. You know what? No more for a while. That's all. That's maybe on a fifth Sunday we'll have another cup. But you know, this after you know, just once a year anniversary service. That's about all we can handle. You know, it's a, and I and I say that in jest. But you know, evangelists, the way you kind of think of it is they do a little bit for a lot of people and pastors put in real work, <laughs> long term work for fewer people, and that that has my respect people who work with someone long term because it takes sometimes it takes a little effort to get somebody into the kingdom but it 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 takes a lifetime of hard work and tears and sacrifice to keep someone in the kingdom just be honest that's that's, that's just the way it is i know it it has been with that way with me more than once in my life and that is still a greater work and the thing that we need to understand is that the work is not for the worker. The work is for God's glory. The work is for God's kingdom and the work is so that someone can be set free. The work is so that someone can say, now I understand why you worship the way that you do. It's so that someone can be set free. I am so thrilled about the program that that we started here Celebrate Recovery and God's going to do a lot of great things. I want that to be a greater work I want people to come to know the Lord. It is not for me. It is not for us, but it is for the world. And there is nothing greater that we could possibly do. And I'm also going to be honest and say that it is okay. In fact, it is God's will for the work that we do to emotionally and spiritually benefit the worker. It is okay. Now, I often say there's three types of givers or workers, those that work grudgingly, those that work because they enjoy the rewards, they feel better about themselves, and that's not necessarily bad. And then there are those who work just because it's the thing to do, just because they don't do it for themselves, they do it for someone else. And that should be our primary motivation, and I know that it hasn't always been mine, but I will be honest. I do not regret the joy that I get whenever I see someone filled with the Holy Ghost. I will never back down from what I feel. I will never apologize that it does me some good also. I will never apologize. It never gets old. My absolute favorite roller coaster is Hagrid's motorbike ride. And that that is, you ride a motorcycle. A motorcycle, Sister Candy, a motorcycle. And it just, I rode that thing, and it doesn't go upside down. It doesn't go high. But just, this is awesome. But if I rode that thing once a week for the rest of my life, eventually I'm going to say, I've had just about enough. I really can't do this anymore. I am now in love with skydiving. Done it once. I'm in love with skydiving. But if I go out and do that every weekend, it'll never quite have the appeal that it once had. But what I never get tired of. What never gets old is being right next to someone's face when their lips begin to chatter and they begin to get tongue-tied. And I say, yeah, that's right, baby. Go ahead. Go with that. The Bible calls that stammering lips. You You keep doing that. And they begin to speak in tongues. It never gets old. It never wears itself out. I can never get burnt out on that. You'll never get tired of bringing somebody else. You don't have to be the one who does anything else but just keep bringing them to church. 
It'll never get old because after that you'll find someone else and it's different for everybody. I, I love how, how salvation is it's sometimes it's just unique to everybody. There was, matter of fact, it was at your church, I believe, years ago, decades ago, that there was a man who was deaf and could not speak, filled with the Holy Ghost and clearly spoke in other tongues as God came in. And I've seen it happen so many. There are so many wonderful stories and some of the best stories of have happened have happened right here and you know whenever whenever brother Jesse that's my man right there that guy if you haven't talked to him you need to talk to him you'll just smile when you talk to talk to him that's right he's an honest guy to see him just open up let the love of God in that's huge and I won't say a lot here I, I wouldn't want to bring any undue attention but I I, I don't think ever all of us can realize just how huge that is. And his little brother, <laughs> when I saw him praying, sometimes you're not sure what to do because I have seen parents, they're, they're, they're jerking their kids around, come on, come on, come on. And the kids are like, I want to go play, okay? And that's all right, too. One man said, he, he just doesn't seem to get it. He's just not really praying. I said, well, how old is he? He said, five. I said, just give it some time. It's okay. It's going to be all right. So, I, you know, I never, never want to push or anything, but got down and just just asked asked brother uh, uh, little, little 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 brother uh, Lane thank you Lane said his name a thousand times I asked Lane if he wanted the Holy Ghost yeah he, he he let you know he wants the Holy Ghost and again I wouldn't want to you know say anything that would bring undue attention but we know that he's had some struggles and he's had to deal with some things through of course no fault of his own and we've seen he'll he'll hit him head on. Lane hits a lot of things head on. He knows, how to, he knows how to meet a challenge. He knows how to stand up to it. And in speaking with him, you may understand what I'm talking about. But I do got to say, whenever I heard him speak in tongues, I wish the whole church could have heard it because every syllable enunciated to perfection. I never heard him speak like that before. Sometimes it just comes along and blows my mind all over again. Sometimes it just happens in a way, and whenever someone, if someone ever, if you're involved in the church and someone pays you a compliment for the work that you do, that you don't, you don't have to pretend to be humble and say, nay, nay, for thus all glory belongs to God. Hmm, hmm, and just, just smile, you know. What do you do? You, you do the same thing if people are, are saying mean things to you. You just smile and be gracious, you know. And, of course, we know not to accept the glory, but what really blesses can bless your heart, can affect you, is the sentiment behind the compliments that people give. They're not saying, hey, it's because of you that this thing has happened. What they're really expressing is joy over the fact that their little baby just came to the Lord, that their husband, after decades of prayer, finally came to know the Lord and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I thought this would also be a good time. Put that picture up there, brother. I wanted to show you my absolute favorite picture of all my time in children's ministry. And if this picture, picture bring, brings a little bit of guilt to us, that's, that's all right, because I don't think a lot of us would have the determination of this young lady that we see. The little girl on the right was praying for her friend, or on the left was praying for her friend on the right to receive the Holy Ghost. This was in South Carolina. I remember it so vividly. And she was praying and really getting somewhere, really in touch with the Lord. And her nose began to bleed, which I understood that 
happened with her from time to time. And she had to leave. She had to step away. Her friend stayed up there and continued to pray. And I think for most of us, that would have been it. We might have been done praying, but this little girl wasn't. She walked back in, tissue in her hand, and with one hand around her friend, and a tissue under her nose with her nose still bleeding, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Never seen anything like it. That's what a greater work looks like. That's what doing the work of the Lord looks like. I know it's not about me. I know it's not for me. But I will never back down from it. I will never apologize for the joy it brings me. For the joy that it brings my brothers and my sisters. If you, if you want to, and you can stand with me right now. If you want to ask God. There was a young lady years ago. I, can, I, I, I don't remember her name, but I know who she is. I see her face to this day. She, she said, She said, Shannon, how do you know that you're called to ministry? And she just happened to be eating a cheeseburger. I said, well, how did you know you wanted that cheeseburger? She said, I got hungry for it. I said, that's how you know. Something's just getting bigger. You know, you you just know. You just know there is something I want to do. There is something greater that I have to do. I don't understand what it is. And what does that look like for you? Can't tell you. It's an amazing journey to find out. It's a wonderful and frustrating and, and, and awesome and, and turned upside down process for God to take us and turn us into our lives into something that can bless others. Now, if there's anybody here tonight and you've never received the Holy Ghost before. <laughs> Sometimes I tell the kids, I'm coming for you. <laughs> if that has not happened to you, I want you to know what it's like to be a greater work. I once was a greater work. All I can do now is just do the greater work. But I want somebody here tonight, if you don't already, I want you to know what it's like to be a greater work and if there's if everyone here has got the Holy Ghost that's fine we'll move on the Lord's got other things to do besides just that but if you would close your eyes and and think about the Lord for just a moment if you have never received the Holy Ghost before but you want it tonight why don't you lift your hands and let us know that's me I've never received the Holy Ghost but I want it right now If you have the Holy Ghost and you believe God wants to do something in you, you're seeing it now. You're seeing, I want to do that. I want to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I might not be the one preaching. I might not be the one bringing them to church. I might not be doing, I don't know what it is I'm going to do. And I don't have to know, but I know just like Simon the sorcerer said after he repented of his sorcery ways, I want to do that then why don't you lift your hand and let God know I want to do that I want to be involved in that can we come down and rejoice and pray for a little while somebody come down here and tell God I want to do that I want to be involved in that hallelujah